wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is also the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Joseph Matichic, Secretary of the Seventh Adventist Church in South Australia, and I'll be your host for the program. Welcome along wherever you might be joining us. Our text line number is 04 That number again, 04 Jot that number down because a little bit later on, I'm going to share with you a free offer. And you'll need that number. And of course, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, any comments, anything you want to share with us, even if you just want to let us know where you're listening from, we'll give you a shout out. Um, send us a message on our text line number 04 Well, welcome along to a new week on Drive Time. Our topic this week is the fire of revival Is it possible? And today, specifically, we're going to be looking at the question, what is Jesus' most powerful message? Now, in just a little while, we'll get into that, but uh, I'd like to introduce uh, the guests that we have with us today. Uh, Joining me is Lindy Sperring. Lindy is the Prayer Ministries Coordinator for the Adventist Church in in South Australia. Welcome along, Lindy. Hello. Thank you, Pastor Joseph. Lovely to be here. And it's great to have you back on Faith FM. Now, you have been on Faith FM before, but not for a little while. Is that right? Probably not for about eight months. Okay. Well, it's great that you're back on, and uh, you're not on just today. You're going to be on drive time uh, for the next two weeks. That's right. Going through this series presenting and we're really delighted to, to have you here. So welcome along. Fantastic. It's great to have you back. Thank you so much. I'm very excited about this topic. And we, we, we're going to really delve into it. And I guess today we, we're probably making more of a start today, aren't we? Introduction. Uh, mm-hmm. Introduction. And uh, really looking forward to, to I guess, you, you unpacking it, sharing it, and, uh, and for us uh, going, going through it over these, uh, over these next two weeks. So that's, that's great, Lindy. Now, I'm also delighted to welcome another, another guest. Now, I, I, I say guest, but I really should put that in inverted commas because uh, this guest is not really new to Faith FM, and it is Pastor Robbie Bergen. Robbie is the content manager for Faith FM and he's the host of a regular program on Faith FM called The Faith Experiment. Welcome along, Robbie. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you very much. That was a very nice introduction. <laughs> Look, um, you are quite involved with Faith FM. That's why I, I, I sort of made the comment before. You're, you're not really a, you're not really new to Faith FM. You're not, not really a guest. Well, it is my first time on Drive Time, so. Welcome, welcome to Drive Time. Thank you. Uh, it's great to have you here, as and we're we're delighted to be uh, able to host uh, Drive Time here in in Adelaide. It's a beautiful place, and uh, great to have you visit us Absolutely, for a while. Yeah, it's been good. Now, Robbie, um, in case someone who might just be listening to to uh, to to Drive Time, I should say, may not be aware, as I touched on, you are actually a host of another program that's that's on Faith FM. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I have a show called The Faith Experiment. It's on Mondays. It airs on Mondays at um, at 10 o'clock 
uh, East, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, depending on where you are, it might be a different time, but normally it's Mondays, 10 o'clock. And the show is basically what the title is. It's the faith experience, about experimenting with faith. Um, I didn't grow up a Christian. I became a Christian at the age 23. I went from an atheist to a Christian. And so the show sort of documents my journey from atheism into Christianity and my experiment with faith. And then uh, I've moved in through a whole bunch of other topics and interview other people who have had similar but different journeys. Mm. So it's a pretty interesting show, at least um, I like doing it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it sounds really interesting. And so would it be fair to say that if, if someone wants to catch up on hearing your story, your your experience or how you, how you came to faith, mm. you, you mentioned that you've come from a non-Christian, an atheistic background, mm. they, they could catch up on, on previous episodes. Is Absolutely. that right? Yeah. That's one thing with, I love about Faith of M is we have an app. We have a website. Uh, you get the app on any app stores and you can go to the uh, podcast section mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. search for Faith Experiment or any of our other great shows, even Drive Time's there. Yes. And you can listen to anything that's ever aired at, at your own leisure. So I know people will get, go to the gym and they're working on the gym. They're listening to previous editions of the Faith Experiment, other shows. So yeah, you go to the, get the app on your Play Store yeah. or go to the website and you can catch up. And um, now behind the scenes, you work as the, the content manager. Yes. But what you also do, as you've just touched here, is you actually host your, your own program. That, that's, that's, that's fantastic. So Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Really enjoy it. Look, delighted to have you here. And I, I wanted to um, uh, just share with us, we, we also lo- always like here on Drive Time to, to look at what, what's happening perhaps in the news or what's been taking place that, that has relevance for us who, who, who take the Bible seriously, who, who want to see how the Word of God is relevant and, and what's happening in our society or in our community. And here's something that I came across um, that, was, that, that was reported just, just recently. It, it was this, uh, this news story that's titled, Gay Marriage Vote Divides the Anglican Church. It was recorded in the, in the Australian newspaper uh, just the other day. Uh, it, it says here that the Anglican Church is teetering on the brink of a conservative walkout after church leaders narrowly voted down a bid to define marriage as being exclusively between a man and a woman. Uh, in a boil over, it says here, at the first Anglican General Synod to convene since gay marriage became law in 2017, a 24-strong panel of metropolitan bishops and senior diocesan bishops held out against the majority of clerical and lay delegates to sink the controversial motion. Um, and so it, it, it explains here that the, uh, that the vote, uh, so th- this, was, this was a vote that looked at defining marriage as being exclusively between a man and a woman. The vote was defeated, so they were voting that that's what, how marriage should be defined, that vote was defeated, 113 votes to 86. And um, what we find here is that the Anglican Church leaders have rejected uh, this bid to restrict marriage to to how we would see the Bible as as defining defining marriage. Uh, now, Robbie, this is, I mean, amongst other things, and I'd like us to look at this for a little while. This is really quite sad, isn't it? I mean, uh, here we here we have a church that that's that's divided. Uh, there's going to be repercussions. Um, it goes on in this article to to record how uh, Bishop Raphael, the Archbishop of Sydney, 
has been bitterly disappointed and warned that the church in Australia now, that's the Anglican church, is actually at a tipping point as a result of this. Uh, he described the situation as, as, as perilous. Um, and, um, it, it, uh, it, it goes on to, to, uh, to, to point out here that, um, what we, what we find here is that really this is, uh, well, he himself goes on and says, what we've seen over the last 20 years or so in mostly Western churches is where people have lost confidence in the goodness and trustworthiness of God's word as it's been expressed for, for, for many years. Mm. Now, what, what this shows us, I guess, uh, Robbie, is, is the situation where uh, church has taken a, a vote. It's, it's been split. It's been divided on an issue that where they see differently what we would see as, as what the Bible what the Bible teaches. Really, mm. really, what 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 we find here at issue is um, taking God's word, take, taking Scripture, taking the Bible as as it right as it, as it reads. What I find interesting, right? I, I think um, if in this article, the one hundred and thirty three to eighty six vote was actually in favour from the lower levels of the church to recommend that the church recognise marriage as exclusive between male a man and woman. So they actually it was 133 in favor of that, but when it got to the to the top level, you are vote, correct. Yes, the vote was 12 to 10. Okay, so it was 12. They were opposing it, so it was actually it was it was almost a dead split. So at the ground levels where the original vote starts at, it was overwhelming majority was saying we want the the teachings of the church to be in harmony with the Bible. But when it finally got to the upper echelons of the actual vote, it came down to 12 opposed and 10 in favor in terms of the, the way the system's broken up in the Anglican church. So what that tells me is, is that there's a majority at the church grassroots level where this came from that want the church to be in harmony with what the scriptures teach. Yeah, yeah. But through, I guess it's politics. I'm guessing yeah, that's yeah. how it gets to, yeah, gets to the yeah, top. Yeah. And it, that by two votes, it gets um, rejected. And it's basically an even split. And that's, as you're saying uh, correctly there, the Archbishop of, I think he's in, um, where is he from? Sydney, I think he's from. He's, he's, saying, yes. he's saying that he's, he's afraid that the church is about to have a massive split here in Australia. Yeah, yeah. And what's the issue? What's, what, think about this. What is the issue that's mm. going to split the Anglican church in this context? Now, we, we are brothers and sisters in Christ across all these communities of yes, Christianity yes. and church, no matter what flavor of denomination you're in. Yeah. But think about this. This is our brothers and sisters in the Anglican Church. The church is on the verge of splitting over what? Over the wanting to follow what the Bible teaches yeah. on a, a particular topic. It could be any topic, but in this case, it's the topic of marriage. That's right. And I find that remarkable that that's the environment we're living in yeah. as Christians right here in Australia in 2022. Mm, mm. Mm. That it's going to split over something that we would see as, as a clear Bible, a Bible teaching. Yeah, I mean, it's right there, black and white, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And and yet, so I guess you know this this issue has been around for a new few years now, and as as the article suggested, it was something that they wanted to discuss early, but then COVID got in the way, and the, the cycles of meetings and things. But you know, this could be said for any other topic too. As a Christian today, are we going to take the Bible for the teaching that the Bible gives, mm. or are we going to allow 
the dictates of society or culture or trends to change our belief system based on what the Bible teaches. It's a really interesting time to be living to which side of the fence you're going to sit on. Yeah, exactly. Look, and that, that's actually a very good thing that we could ask, uh, ask our listeners. You know, what do you think? Do, do we take the Bible as, as it reads or do we allow, uh, what society is, is, uh, sharing and, and dictating? What, what, what are your thoughts? Love to hear from you. Send us in your, your thoughts on our text line number. That number again is 04 888 Eight o eight double one. We'd love to hear from you. What? How do you feel about what uh, has taken place here uh, in this vote that has split the Ang- the Anglican Church over a, a teaching of of Scripture? Uh, Robbie, look, it's been great to to have you uh, to have you have you you join us uh, here on, on Drive Time and. Um, we want to wish you all the best too and pray God's blessing as you uh, continue your work. Um, I was going to say behind the scenes with, 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 with Faith FM. Yep. Um, we appreciate that. Uh, but, but in particular with, um, with your program, the Faith Experiment. Thank you very much. And, um, again, great to have you here, uh, here in Adelaide. We know that you, you do travel around with, with your work. Um, but, uh, most of all, we know that you are a person who, who loves Jesus, who loves the Bible and the Word of God, and um, who has come uh, in your own in your own life. You've come to a point where you have um, come to believe that the Bible is true, that it is powerful, absolutely, and um, yeah. and that's part of the reason for Faith FM, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Look, this 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 station, the various shows on the station, I where I um, sit in the organisation, I get to see a lot of the engagement that listeners are reaching out to the station, sharing how Faith FM has impacted their lives. Um, I've had listeners say, "I'm just so grateful that there's a radio station that's teaching Bible-based principles." Um, some people feel disillusioned with the churches and I'm sure you know, some of our brothers and sisters in the Anglican Church will feel the same way today yeah. um, after these sorts of outcomes but I want people to know that there are still Bible believing Christians in this country mm. and um, if, if where you're fellowshipping is, is sort of going a different direction there's plenty of other opportunities out there to connect with Bible believing Christians and I'm really glad you mentioned that because, yeah, we, we, we want everybody to know that, uh, we are here to, to simply point out what, what the Bible teaches, to, to share that, to, to discuss it together. And, um, and that's, that's exactly what we're, what we're on about really here, here at Faith FM. And particularly in drive time, we want to tackle some of these issues. We want to look at what's happening. And uh, I appreciate the fact there that you, you just, uh, highlighted, uh, Robbie, the fact that this, yeah, that there will be some, um, some people, particularly here in the Anglican Church, will probably be aggrieved and hurt by this uh, and uh, disillusioned, perhaps. And yeah, we feel for them, and we we ought to keep them in our prayer as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Look, uh, uh, we we're just going to take a bit of a break now. I want to let you know that uh, we have a, a free offer today. It's a book called Steps to Personal Revival. Now, to get this offer, you need to text the code SA forty five. To our number o four triple eight eight o eight double one, and the Faith FM giveaway bot will then reply asking for your details. So text the code SA forty five. That's the letters SA and the number forty five to o four triple eight eight o eight double one, and uh, you'll be able to get a copy of this book, Steps to Personal Revival. Uh, we'll take a break, and when we come back. We'll begin our new series, which is the fi- the fire of revival. Is it possible? 
Here's a lovely song called Jesus, King of Angels. Jesus, King of Angels, Heaven's light. Shine your face upon this house tonight. Let no evil come into my dreams. Light of heaven, keep. Spirits flee And spoke your power to the raging sea Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM. This is Drive Time, a BQ&A with uh, Joseph Matichich and Lindy Sperring. Our text line number 
If you want to send us any comments, you've got any questions, or even just to let us know where you're listening from, love to hear from you. Um, and um, we've we've got a response, uh, Lindy. Interestingly, what we talked about a little bit earlier there about the, um, the news report about the Anglican Church being split yes. over that uh, vote that they took on, um, on, on essentially on, on gay marriage and. Um, yeah, uh, thank you. Uh, Bruce is out there listening, and he's, he sent a message to uh, to say essentially that it's in, he says it's incredible to me that anyone would go to a church as uh, that would go, sorry that would go to church as a Christian would and yet reject what what the Bible says. And so, um, yeah, Bruce here says that um, the word has been uh, rejected, and um, this is I guess this is this is part of the issue that we're 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 facing here, isn't it, Lindy? We have a choice to make, don't we? We follow God's word. Or we are influenced by society and the pressures that are surrounding us here in Australia and across the world, actually. Yeah, you're so spot on correct with that. Now, Lindy, um, we we looked at uh, the fact that today we are starting this this new series, uh, the fire of revival. Is it possible? And n- now this is this is a topic that you are quite passionate about, Lindy. Absolutely. I, I, I know that you have shared on this in other forums. Yes, um, yes, I have. I have shared on this in some of our churches. I've shared a little bit on the radio here before. Yes. A year ago, we did a, a series. I'm very, very passionate about this particular topic because it's life-changing. It's life-transforming. And I believe that my life was being changed and transformed when I came to understand this teaching. So that's what we want to really want to look at. You know, what is this? Okay. So you've already, you've already really kind of got us, uh, you've really wet the appetite in the sense that you've said that this, this is life changing. It changed your life. Okay. That's great. So what, what is it? What is this? Do you, do you want to sort of give us a, a bit of a lead in into it? How about we tease it out a little bit? First of all, let me say great this. idea. The reason I'm passionate about this in, The difference between Robbie and I, Robbie at 23 years old, he'd been an atheist. Mm. He came to understand about God. I haven't actually heard his testimony myself. But then he became obviously a pastor and passionate about ministry. For me, I grew up in a church. I grew up in the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Victoria. And I really wanted to be a Christian. My family left the church. They broke up. I was the only one in the family in the church. So you, you you wanted to be a Christian, but hang on a minute, you, you actually grew up as a Christian, Lindy. So well, that's true. And I was baptized. So, sorry, to, sorry to kind of um, uh, try to distinguish that, but maybe this is kind of where you're going too. It is where I'm going. So I grew up in the church. I knew about the Word. I knew about God, but I didn't really know God, and I was struggling in my Christian experience. Mm. I used to call myself a pew polishing hypocrite. Because I would go to church every week. I would try to do all those things that church sort of wanted you to do, wanted you to be. I wanted to be what God wanted me to be, and I was struggling. Mm. So as I'm talking now to our listeners, some of our listeners, they may have lost their first love. They may have been Christians for some time. You know, that love that happens when you first fall in love with another person, it's very exciting. And that first love, when you commit your life to Christ, sometimes we can lose that. Mm. Or there may be some listeners who are struggling in their Christian experience and, and wondering, is there more? 
until I understood this amazing teaching, I really struggled. I was hurting myself and others. Don't get me wrong, I still make mistakes, Joseph. As you well know, we work together and I don't have all the answers, but I am different and I have more to offer others. So it's not just about me, I have more to offer others. So perhaps when you gave your heart to God, you thought that that's all you needed to do. And it's a bit like, I don't know if you've heard this story before, Joseph, but like a husband who says to his wife, I told you I loved you when I married you. I won't need to tell you again, and I'll let you know if I change my mind. (laughs) You know, sometimes that can happen, but wait, there is much, much more. When that husband realizes that telling his wife he loves her every day makes such a difference in the relationship, and the wife as well, it's not just one-sided. So there is so much more in a relationship, and you might be wondering how Jesus made such an impact on the world. So 2,000 years ago, this son of man, this son of God, forever changed so much for mankind. How could that be that this one person, this one man, this one God could change so much? What did Jesus know and understand that gave him such ability and power to change the world. So there was something there that he, that he had and that, that he knew and that he, no doubt he wanted to then impart to, to his followers. It seems like that. It seems like for me growing up in the church, I missed something. I either had heard it and not understood it, mm. or maybe I hadn't heard that much about it because God brings certain messages to the world at the right time. And this is a message for today, for the times that we live in. And it's, it's a really exciting message. Joseph. Yeah, yeah, because it, it is so relevant to anybody, anybody out there, Lindy, because we, we all can get caught in just going through the motions. I, either we're just going through the motions like, you know, just an ordinary Christian spiritual person, or, um, perhaps we are, perhaps we're seeking, perhaps we're sort of wondering, perhaps we're questioning, and so we, we, we also then need to discover what, what their secret is. Yeah. We need to understand that Jesus had something that we need. Okay. And we also need to recognize that we need it. Okay, okay. And sometimes that doesn't come about straight away. Mm. So the men who followed and learned from Jesus, the disciples, asked him to teach them how to pray. Is there a clue here? They'd seen amazing things happen to the disciples. They, in fact, themselves had healed the sick. They had cast out demons. They had done things that they'd never really known that they're able to do, but they saw something more in Jesus and they wanted to know how to pray. Miraculous events, lives transformed not only physically but also emotionally and spiritually. They wanted to understand what Jesus had. They must have recognized something in him. Even though these were people who, who in a sense, knew how to pray, there was something missing, it would seem. Absolutely. And this is where in Luke 11, and I hope people can remember these scriptures and look them up themselves, Luke 11, 1 to 13, it starts out that the disciples said to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And then we find that Jesus starts instructing them and To be perfectly honest, Joseph, I hadn't realized the connection between the first part, which is what Jesus says, that Lord's Prayer, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your Mm. kingdom come, a prayer that we know. 
And then after that prayer, there's a parable. And then after that parable is some fairly intense, strongly repetitive words from Jesus that tells us what to do. So first of all is that model prayer. Yes. That model prayer outlines so many things that we don't really have time to talk about today. But if you look at that model prayer, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, you're showing respect and honor and worship to the Lord. And then you're saying his kingdom come. And then you're talking about the needs that we have and that we need to forgive. And so this model prayer is really important for us to understand the principles of it. We don't need to pray that same prayer over and over, but we can pray that prayer and we can use that model prayer in how we pray. But then, but then Jesus goes on to talk about a friend who comes at midnight. Now, I don't know about you, Joseph, but I don't want people knocking on my door <laughs> at midnight because I would be in bed asleep and I'd probably get a fright. Yeah, and you I, wouldn't want to be disturbed, would you? I wouldn't want to be disturbed. So here's his friend coming at midnight, knocking on the door. We're allowed to knock here, knocking on the door <laughs> and saying, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. He wanted three loaves of bread. You've got to be kidding. It's the middle of the night. I don't have um, – I wouldn't have the wherewithal. I don't know if I've had three loaves of bread in my fridge or in my cupboard anyway, Joseph, but this person wanted three loaves of bread and he keeps knocking and asking until his friend brings out the bread because he'd been caught in an embarrassing situation. And that situation was that somebody had come to visit him and he didn't have, he didn't have any, anything yeah, to offer. To offer in them. that culture, that's very embarrassing. Yeah. I don't know if you, there are some cultures across the world that always have food available. Yes. You yes. Know, a lot of our European cultures. Exactly. And when someone comes, it, it is just you, you just serve them no matter what, what how, you know, how little you might have. It, it, it is absolutely important for them to do that. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so here's this friend knocking on the door and he wants some bread and he keeps asking till he gets the bread. Now he wanted that bread not just for himself and it is the bread of life, obviously, but for his visitors. So he wanted to have something for himself and something to share with others. And here again, Jesus is teaching his disciples something very important. Yeah, yeah. The model prayer, the friend comes at midnight and needs the bread. And then after that, Jesus keeps teaching his disciples. He wants them to understand that something is missing. And I don't know if our listeners have considered in their life, is there something missing in their Christian walk and Christian experience? For me, there was something missing. Yes, I'd been baptized and received something of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Yes, I'd committed my life to the Lord. I, I loved him. I wanted to be a part of the church. I would sometimes teach in Sabbath school classes. But there was something missing, and I didn't really know what it was. Mm. And I can remember crying out to the Lord and saying, Lord, I need your help. Something's not right. You know, I can practice to be the sort of Christian you want me to be and try to say the right words and do the right things, but something is missing. Mm-hmm. And that something is is probably what the disciples sensed, and so they are they are asking Jesus, teach us, teach us to pray. And as you, then, as you shared there, Lindy, uh, Jesus 
gives them the model prayer. We know that as the as the Lord's prayer. But he follows it up with this this story, which is a little bit unusual. You, you've you've described that story to us, but it's 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 leading us to show that um, th- th- there was a lack of something that uh, this this man had, mm. and he went to went to his friend to to, to get it from him, and didn't he? He did. He did. And Jesus often spoke in parables to the disciples for a number of reasons. I think a story stays with a person. It does. Yeah. Much more easy. I think sometimes he wanted to share things with them that perhaps others may not have understood. Like the Bible isn't just understood by reading it. It's mm. it's understood when you have whatever's missing and you you invite what could be missing to help guide you. And so we're coming to that part now. And and um, it, it, as you said, the stories that Jesus told these parables were were told to um, teach a point. That's right. And um, what's what's the point that Jesus was wanted to make by telling that story straight after he he had been asked in, effectively by the disciples, teach us to pray. It seems like he wanted them to understand that something is missing. That something is missing. So here's a man at midnight who has friends coming. Something is missing from their lives. And he, he, they wanted to learn how to pray. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But until they had that bread of life or until they had this missing part, their prayers couldn't be the powerful prayers. They couldn't see in their lives the difference that Jesus was making. Thousands were following him. Mm. Multitudes were wanting to listen to him, to hear him, to receive from him. And the disciples wanted to know how to pray. And they could probably pray prayers that they learned by rote. They would have learned those prayers at their mother's knee or when they went to, went to the temple. But they wanted something more. And that something more that they wanted does Jesus does Jesus go on to to explain to them what it is that does he leave, or does he leave them hanging? <laughs> Thankfully, he doesn't leave them hanging. You know, at the end of that parable, he says, "Though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend." So the person who was asleep did not want to get up, yet because of his persistence, mm. he will rise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He just wouldn't give up knocking and making a noise at the door. He was persistent. He kept persisting and and gave to his friend. So remember that kept persisting because yes. that's really important part. Okay. Yep. But then we go on to a very very interesting part that I've only come to understand in recent years and I'm very excited about it because it is real, it is true mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it makes a difference. Mm. And so here's Jesus saying, and I say to you, he says in Luke 11 verse 9, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. So here's a promise from God. Yes. Here's a promise from Jesus. Ask, seek, and knock. What are we asking, seeking, and knocking for? And after he said those words, he compares like an earthly father, mm-hmm. would an earthly father, if his child was hungry, give him a stone? No. Well, that wouldn't be normal, would it? No. And he said, if he asked for a fish, would he give him a serpent? Well, an earthly father is not normally going to do those things for his child. And then he says, if, if the earthly child asks for a, an egg, will he give him a scorpion? No. Well, no. 
You wouldn't normally do that. And then Jesus goes on to say, if you then being evil, we know we're all sinners in need of a saviour, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Right. And there's the key, the Holy Spirit. You know, there was a young woman who managed a store in a large shopping centre, and she was telling her father how around Christmas time is the worst time of year to work in retail sales. So many people are uptight and anxious about having to give gifts. You know, they're rushing around trying to find the right gift. Mm. They can't find it or the shop has run out or they're not sure what the person needs because they've given them gifts before. And they get very anxious about it, but not so with God. Mm. We need to listen very carefully to this. God delights in giving his children the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's his love for us. He loves us so much and he wants to give us the greatest gift that mankind can ever imagine, the Holy Spirit. So that, that greatest gift, say that again, the greatest gift that he wants to give us is the gift of the? Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The yeah. Holy Spirit. And really, you know, when Jesus was born, he was called Emmanuel, mm. God with us. Now, Jesus himself is God's gift to us. Absolutely. But now we have? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, yeah. And when he was with us, God with us, mm-hmm, Emmanuel, mm-hmm. we're included in it. So he wants to include us as well in a way that is different to what we can probably even be able to verbalize and not totally understand. Okay. Because when we ask for the Holy Spirit, we are asking for Christ to dwell in us. Okay. Okay. So it's, it's asking for him to, to, in, in a sense, almost like inviting him. To, to come into into our lives. Would that be a, a way to, to put it? Or Yes, yes, and I think the fact that if you look at this scripture, ask, seek, knock ten times. When the Bible says something once, yeah. it's important. Twice it's very important, but ten times ask, seek, knock, it must be very important for us to ask, seek, and knock for the Holy Spirit. So, Lindy, if the Holy Spirit is God's greatest gift to us apart from Jesus right so Jesus first and foremost and then yeah he gives us the wants to give us the gift of the holy spirit if the holy spirit is god's gift to us let me ask you this and this might be something that others might be kind of thinking out there and wondering um i'd like you to i'd like to hear your little response on this if it's a gift why do we need to ask for it do, do, do you understand what I'm trying to get Absolutely, at? absolutely. And you're right, of course, the greatest gift that mankind has ever received is Jesus' death on the cross and his coming to live on this earth and his willingness to take on himself whatever needed to be taken on so that we could have life, mm. life abundant here on earth and life eternal. So the greatest gift was Jesus. And the reason I say this is this is an amazing gift is because this gift of the Holy Spirit. So so when Jesus, let's go back when Jesus died, was resurrected, and he went to heaven. He is not able to be in so many places at once. 
So for him to be in all these places is this amazing gift through the Holy Spirit. Right, Now, yes. why do we have to ask for this gift, which is a very good question? Why do we have to ask, seek, and knock? I believe, and I'd be interested what our listeners think, but I believe it's also because it's not normal for us to want. We're born sinners in need of a saviour, and it's not normal for us to sometimes let go of self and want the Holy Spirit okay. to dwell in us, to dwell in us, to live out through us, to speak out through mm, us, mm. and to impact other people's lives because we are inherently selfish, really, and we are sinners. So that's probably a part answer to your question, Joseph. By asking. We are acknowledging our need. Absolutely. That we need the, the, we need this gift. It is not a case of the fact that God doesn't want to give it because as you rightly read there from scripture, God is more willing to give that to us than we are willing to give what? Good gifts. Good gifts. And also though that you, you, you have pointed out, um, how many times it commands us to ask, to seek, to knock. So, uh, yeah, not just once, not just twice, but a number of times it stresses, it stresses this. So even though it's a gift, we are, we are told to, to ask. And persevere. And, 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 persevere. and to persevere. So it, it, they're not contradicting each other, yet both, both, both are taught in scripture, aren't they clearly? Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you follow, follow those three parts of, yes. of Luke 11, that model prayer or the way to pray the Lord's Prayer, the friend coming at midnight and persisting and knocking, he needs, he desperately needs the bread, the bread of life for himself and something to share with others. He recognized his need. He, and we, God wants us to recognize our need as well. Yes, it, yes. You see, I tried to be a Christian and share my faith, and there was little to show for my efforts. But when you invite the Holy Spirit in, it's his work. It should never be our work, and it never is anyway. You asked, and then that power, you received that power in your life, Lindy, and you were a changed person. Yes, that's right. I, I recognize my need. I ask the Holy Spirit to come into my life, and we'll talk later in the week that we don't just ask once. Okay. And I recognize it, It's an ongoing need. Exp- need and experience, yeah. It's yep. an ongoing. Sorry. It's mm. ongoing. It's something, again, some of these principles in the Word of God are just amazing and incredible. The Bible is like a tapestry, and as you ask the Holy Spirit to guide you, he opens up things to you that are just incredible and exciting, and it just makes such a difference. I think there's probably listeners out there who've given their hearts to the Lord, who love Jesus, but they're struggling. They're not overcoming the sins that hold them bound. They're not sharing their faith in a powerful way. They're not prompted or reminded or hearing the Holy Spirit, and they want something more. And it is something that you need to do regularly, of course. It doesn't mean you don't make mistakes. It doesn't mean that we're perfect. But what it does mean is that it's not about us. It's about Christ in us, Mm. the hope of glory, and the Holy Spirit working through our lives. Yeah. Look, thank you, Lindy. Let's let's enjoy a piece of music. We'll come straight back to this topic. Um, this is a song right on what we're looking at here. There is a Redeemer by Keith Green. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time.
Jesus, God's own Son, precious Lamb of God, Messiah, Holy One. Jesus, my Redeemer, name above all names, precious Lamb. Listen to Faith FM, but getting tuned out? No problem. You can listen live at faithfm.com.au, as well as catch up on all your favourite programs. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Joseph Matichich and Lindy Sperring. Uh, we're looking at the topic of the fire of revival. Is it? Is it possible? And uh, let me remind you again that we have a special offer. It's a book called Steps to Personal Revival, a book that I have read a little while ago, and uh, I have it here again in my hands. It's a great little book that really is going to unpack what we're looking at uh, all of this week on Drive Time and, and next week with Lindy. Steps to Personal Revival, being filled with the Holy Spirit. To get this offer, text the code SA45. To our number 04888880811. That's the code SA45, and uh, the Faith FM giveaway bot will um, get your details and take it take it from there. Now, Lindy, um, it's great to get responses uh, from 
from from our listeners. And yes. um, thank you, thank you. We've got one here from from Michael who has uh, sent in a couple of messages. Great, Michael. Great to hear from you. Uh, Michael just mentions that um, uh, Jesus uh, refers to Jesus, the Messiah, who brought in brought in the new covenant. That 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 was the changer. And so, yes. yeah, it's it's that, that's right, isn't it? Absolutely. We we understand that there there was a new covenant with Christ. He came here to the earth and he he changed some of the old ways of sacrifice and you know his life did that. We understand that. But it is interesting, you know, Jesus did do a lot of teaching while he was here. He did. He and, did. And he said in those few verses that we talked about before we went to the break Ask is mentioned six times. So Jesus here is telling us to do something. The disciples wanted to know how to pray. I want to know how to pray, Joseph. Mm. Prayers that make a difference in the lives of myself, my children, my family, in the lives of others. And like the disciples, I ask, Lord, teach me to pray. And so here's the Lord showing us through the model prayer, through the friend comes at midnight, we need to persevere to get the bread of life. Yes, that doesn't mean we're not saved, we've accepted accepted Christ, but we want more. Okay. You know, okay. like the husband yep. who says, I love you and I'll tell you if I change my mind in 10 years' time. No, but there's so much more to a relationship, so much more to a relationship. So Jesus uses the verb ask six times and then he replaces it and emphasizes it with the word seek two times an action, mm-hmm. and two more times with knock, we're knocking, yes. also an action word. And that last ask is used in the continuous tense in Greek. That means we aren't only to ask once, but rather to ask continuously for the Holy Spirit to fill us. And and God wants to give us this gift. He's so willing to give it to us. He's so willing to impart Christ's life into our lives. That's and, my understanding. And that's that's why we are to, to to keep on keep on asking. So we maintain that 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 connection with God and that that, that our experience, our Christian experience, would, yes. would this be a fair way to sort of describe it, Lindy? That our Christian experience is a vibrant one. That that it it continues to to, to flourish and and develop. It's not just a a one-off moment back in a you know, point in time where we we've just made a made a made that conscious decision and then we just sort of move on from it. But we can we're consciously growing and 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 committed to it. And it's about prayer. It's about praying. Some of the greatest evangelists and revivalists like John Wesley and others, they understood that when there wasn't prayer happening, that their ministry was diminished. They didn't have the same impact on around, around them. And all the biggest revivals the world has ever seen have come out of this prayer, asking, seeking, knocking, because we should. Yes. We're sinners recognizing our need yes. that without Christ, we cannot be what God wants us to be. And it's that, that I mean, if we see prayer as that communication, that, that connection, then like any relationship, there needs to be a daily, regular, constant communication. And, and in this sense, in, in, the, in this uh, context, it's prayer. 
Absolutely. Well, you look at just a marriage. If the couple aren't talking to each other, mm. if one's ignoring the other, if there's no expression of concern, care or love, what happens to that relationship? You know, we hear of so many divorces. I talk to uh, men and women yeah. and something has died. Mm. You know, there's something dead in that relationship and they want to separate. But we, you know, here's Jesus saying, make it perhaps a matter of urgency, but to continually ask. He wants to awaken in us a desire for the Holy Spirit. Mm. It's a heartfelt invitation from Jesus to seek the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I can testify to my life has changed and been transformed. And my husband, Glenn, and others who know me can see the difference. And if, if I can see that and others can see that, then perhaps you... Our listener might want to receive this gift from God if you don't have it already. Perhaps you're walking in your Christian life and you think something's missing. I don't seem to be able to witness to others or to share with others. I'm not hearing God's voice so much. And perhaps you are thinking in your heart that you want to have something more, Mm. something better. And here it is. Jesus is giving a heartfelt invitation and saying, God wants to give you the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that can transform your life, transform your ministry, transform those around you and give you that life abundant. And that, that the promise of the Holy Spirit the gift from God, that's, that's the power, that's the secret to having strength and power and victory in, in the Christian life. That is Jesus' most powerful message. That, that's why we've, we've, we've titled this, What is Jesus' Most Powerful Message? Absolutely. It's the, the promise of the gift of the Holy Spirit that he, that he wants to give to us. It's, that's why it's the most powerful message. Now, Lindy, we, we, uh, we, on, I know we, you, you will unpack this as the week goes on. Yes. Uh, in more detail. Uh, in a moment, we've got to finish up here for today on drive time. But in case someone's just wondering out there, um, look, I've been hearing, just following this a little bit. Um, I'm not, not quite sure maybe what could be my next step. It, it could, do you want to just, uh, leave us with maybe one or two, uh, what what would be two one or two practical steps that, that that we could take right now if we wanted to to experience more of the power of the Holy Spirit? Well, perhaps I can just tell a little story, Joseph, to finish. Some years ago, I started asking for more of the Holy Spirit. I was in my kitchen doing some cooking, and I'd been asking for the Holy Spirit, and I noticed that the family room was more lit up than normal, and I thought that's unusual, but I felt an urge to go into that family room and I sensed the Holy Spirit there and I just I fell to my knees and I and I sort of started crying. Now I don't want this to sound like it just has to be an emotional mm. experience. It isn't always, but at that time for me it was. And I think that we had I had to recognize my need. Mm. I'd been trying to do things in my own strength and I recognized this need that I had Lord, change my heart. And I suppose for some practical things, perhaps if you haven't asked before for the Holy Spirit, and I remember another story of a woman saying, I used to say, more spirit, Lord, more spirit. Perhaps you could start saying to the Lord, to God, I need more of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Just start asking. And as you ask, it's interesting, you seem to develop more of a want 
for him than you perhaps in the past have. You start asking, I, I want the Holy Spirit in my life. I want Jesus living in my life. And as you start asking, I believe that God will hear that prayer and he will answer that prayer for you. Mm, uh, thank you, Linda. That's, that's, uh, that's pretty simple. That's pretty straightforward. So really what, what you're saying there, I'm hearing is two things. One, acknowledge if you sense a need sense the need recognize the need and secondly in sincere prayer call out to God Lord give me more of your Holy Spirit that's right amen and um, do you mind just praying for for us as we finish up here today I'd be I'd be very pleased to thank you Father God You are such an amazing God. We can't even understand you, really. We have a glimpse of you. We see through a dark, darkened glass very uh, weakly, really. We can't really see you and understand you like you want us to. But Father, you reach down to us with powerful arms of love. And when Jesus was here, he spoke such words of life to us and here in these examples in Luke 11 you are telling us about the model prayer how we should pray you are telling us to be persistent and you are telling us to ask seek and knock and Lord I pray that each one of us everyone who is listening will actually grow a desire in their hearts to ask seek and knock for the Holy Spirit, that gift from God that he is so willing to give us. I pray that all those are listening, Father, are blessed today from what we have shared and may all honour and glory go to you, our awesome God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, it looks like our time's up for today. Thank you for joining us on Drive Time BQ&A. I hope you can join in tomorrow as Lindy Sperring continues this series on spiritual revival. Tomorrow's topic, what did Jesus teach about the Holy Spirit? Hope you can tune in then. But in the meantime, please remember that Christ said, I'm leaving you with the gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give isn't like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May God richly bless you.